Now, for the information of all hands. Welcome to the 1MC Podcast with Master Chief Jason Vander Hayden. I'm your host, Chief Crystal Lanine, and today we are talking with Captain Julie Cook and Master Chief Carl Bomer with the Office of Leadership. Master Chief. Thank you, Chief. I appreciate it. Well, I tell you, I have been very anxious to do this podcast. This leadership is, is one of the most important things we have in the Coast Guard. That's what makes the Coast Guard so great is our fantastic leaders. And leadership doesn't just happen by accident. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And I'm really very happy to be here today with two of the most of the best leaders that I know, uh, Captain Cook and Mashi Bomer, two folks that have been working tirelessly, very hard on you know, laying out the roadmap for leadership for the future. So both of you, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Master Chief. Thank you, Master Chief. So, you know, retention, the blended retirement system is going to change the retention model of the future, in my opinion. And and I talked to the other service senior enlisted and they feel the same way. So what's going to keep our people in the Coast Guard is going to be good leadership. I don't think we'll have our budget will be big enough to write continuation paychecks large enough to keep people based on money. So I think they're going to have to love what they do, and I think they're going to have to really appreciate their supervisors and feel like they are growing personally and professionally, and that's what's going to make them not want to leave. They're going to want to stay, and it takes good leadership to make folks feel like they count and they're, they're valued and, and, you know, we're, we're focusing on inclusion right now and building that sense of inclusion is, is a part of leadership. So I want to ask you both and, and Captain, we'll start with you. What do you, what's your, what's your future vision of the Coast Guard leadership program? Where do you see us going? Any growth, any changes, anything we can look forward to? Sure. Thanks, Master Chief. And we really appreciate the opportunity to be here today to talk about the leadership program. We have a lot of great things going on in the leadership program. There's a lot of exciting things. When people think about our leadership program, they think about our leadership training. That's uh, the first exposure people get. They think of LAMS. They think of Chiefs Academy. But there's a whole lot more that goes into it. Continuous leadership development, how you expose people to leadership, how you develop as leaders, it comes down to that that deck plate level, that hangar deck level, how you interact with each other, how you continuously develop as leaders is really so important and so foundational to who we are as mm-hmm. Coasties, how we affect that mission accomplishment and how we interact, how we lead inclusively and how we really support each other in our missions. So we that's, really want to focus on that and how we develop. That's awesome. I, I totally agree. I I think the Coast Guard does the best. I think we are literally better. And I know I'm biased, but I think we're literally the best at doing you know role model type leadership, and uh, and and that just comes from you know one person emulating the their their supervisor who's emulating their supervisor. But all that comes from the foundational work that your team is doing. So thank you, Mashif. What do you think of? Uh, of the future. What do you see? What, what's some opportunities for us? Yeah, Master Chief, I'm really excited about the future, uh, especially on the uh, enlisted leadership side, you know, where uh, we have our uh, folks uh, showing up to A school, attending their first leadership school at ALP, uh, continuing on to LAMS, Chiefs Academy, and then uh, on to SELC. And, uh, you know, I, I've attended all of those, and I'm pretty excited that, you know, as we roll out new content, you know, in embedding and uh, incorporating the, this new mentoring program into yeah. all of those leadership checkpoints. And it kind of 
changes the game for the whole organization. So yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about the outlook for us. You know, it all starts, uh, it, it all starts in the beginning and it really, for us on the enlisted side, it all starts in Cape May and for the officer side, it starts in New London at OCS and, and at the Academy. And I think you two just came back from Cape May, is that right? That's we right did. Yeah, you, so so you, had, you got the opportunity to mentor a depot company, which stands for Direct Entry Petty Officer Training, I, I believe. Something yes, like it that. is. So good. Uh, glad I got that right. So, uh, <laughs> but we, uh, how how was that experience for you? What did you see? What did the what, what was the energy level like? And did you feel like we're still bringing in? I know our recruiters are doing a fantastic job of bringing in bright, great young young folks. Absolutely. Yeah. For me, it's uh, it was a special trip, you know, because I, I first went through boot camp January 1993 in Delta 142. And, you know, then uh, after a break in service in uh, early 2000s, I went back through depot in 2010. Uh, at the age of 36. So I was so good at boot camp, I did it <laughs> twice. But uh, realistically, uh, seeing how professional uh, the training environment was and, and how much we've developed Cape May, you know, the enlisted memorial is incredible. Um, you know, if, if anyone out there is listening, hasn't been there to see that, they should really see it. It's, it's incredible, you know, and, and how special that is. But uh, yeah, being a, a company mentor for Depot, was great and it kind of recharged my batteries a little bit, seeing our newest talent coming into the organization, hearing everyone's backgrounds and what they bring to the table. And uh, realistically, uh, and, and as a reservist myself, um, I appreciate the maturity factor. We get people with developed in their civilian careers, uh, many of them from prior service. We had Army, uh, Marines nice. uh, that, that came into the organization. And, uh, you know, we're definitely a force multiplier. Um, and then uh, we had a handful of active duty folks actually coming through Depot as well uh, with prior experience. So the, seeing the training staff in action and, you know, just the level of professionalism is second to none there. That's awesome. Well, well, thanks for doing that. Thanks for mentoring that company. We're super excited to get them into the Coast Guard. We really need them. So uh, now we just need to, to keep them. And that's what leadership all is, is all about, is being able to keep the folks. So you spoke earlier, Captain, about uh, your office, the Office of Leadership uh, in CG128 is uh, responsible for many things. and But most people associate you with driving the kind of the requirements and, and the foundational work of our leadership schools. What are some of the other aspects of the Office of Leadership that, that you're responsible for that, that maybe folks don't know about? Sure. Thanks, Mass Chief. So the leadership development program has many aspects. We both have uh, formal and informal aspects. The formal part, people think of the leadership courses that you go to, which for enlisted workforce, uh, those are tied uh, for uh, your actual advancements. So when you have ALP, that's baked into your A schools. Uh, for LAMS, that's your requirements uh, to sit for your service-wides. Uh, for LAMS, for your E6 service-wide. For Chiefs Academy, uh, advancement requirement for E8. Uh, for senior listed leadership course, that's for E9. Mm -hmm. And we also have uh, advanced for our very senior enlisted for a Keystone. And we have also DOD schools available for our partner uh, services, sister services, which is great. But we also have informal opportunities through our Inspirational Leadership Awards, which the Commandant and you yourself uh, actually announced to our award winners and have those personal calls, which are so inspiring for our really top leadership 
uh, expertise uh, throughout the Coast Guard that really showcases that great talent we have for our leaders throughout the workforce. Uh, we have our, our leadership development, our reading list uh, for our service that kind of showcases that continual learning you can have as leaders. We right. know through on-the-job training, we develop and we actually lead the best at our units. So we don't go off to have that leadership as an event that we train in a vacuum. We continue that leadership development throughout our careers at our units. So we kind of uh, thread that through. And our mentoring program, our newest uh, addition to our leadership program that Master Chief Bomer was talking about, that's our way that we kind of infuse all that through. And then lastly, our individual development plan is part of that leadership journey. And that kind of ties in through our mentoring program because your mentor has an aspect, they actually sign your IDP, mm -hmm. as well as that continual development as a leader in your professional development journey. Awesome. Thank you. So I want to I want to talk, I get you to comment a little bit. So we, you know, I've been participating with, with and I, I get invited to speak to the mid-grade officer and civilian career transition course, otherwise known as MOXIE. I, I'm very happy to see that We've we've kind of I think we've we've committed to that now. Uh, it was every year we thought we might do it. We you know that's a but have we committed to that now? We have yes, Master Chief. So we've actually we've expanded on that. We're really excited about that. So we actually have uh, Moxie, which is the mid grade officer and civilian transition course, and we have a new course which is now the senior leadership transition course, which we've expanded that to. We're going to be putting 500 people through a year, which is a huge commitment from the Coast Guard. So we're going to be make sure. All of our O4s go through that course, and we have that availability to sustain. So every officer is going to have leadership training, and that's also going to be for our GS-13s as well. Oh, so great. that uh, in the past, it was uh, we could kind of self-select into leadership training for our officers. Now all of our officers will have leadership uh, experience and formal leadership training once in their career. So. You know, that was... Uh... That was the one thing that was always amazing to me. We, our officers are amazing leaders. They are really, really great leaders, but they didn't have any leader. There was no, after the academy, there was really no formal leadership training. So they, that was truly role model leadership. And, and I'm thrilled to see that, you know, we're giving them the opportunity, giving the officers the opportunity to, uh, to discuss leadership theory and, and, and principles. And, and that's, that's really neat. Uh, you know, it's just amazing to me, our, our long history of the Coast Guard. And we've finally just now committed to that, but very happy to see that. So we, so the new leadership competencies are critically important to having that foundational document that we can discuss our leadership thoughts. You know, it's nice to be able to sit around and talk about what good leadership is. You kind of know it when you see it. But when you have a, a, a document like the, the leadership competencies that you can point to to say, here's what we expect. I, I know that I used our leadership competencies when I was evaluating people. So when I, I would take out the marks and I would look at the leadership competencies and where they correlated to our, our marking system. And I would I would kind of use that to say, okay, I see this person as this level and, and this person is this level. So the leadership competencies are very helpful for all of you out there that mark people in terms of, you know, having that backup document to say when somebody says, hey, I kind of thought I was a six and you kind of think they're a five and you can say, well, according to leadership competencies, this is kind of where I see you. So I, I'm, I'm very thankful for those. I was a Chiefs Academy instructor and I, I used to use those leadership competencies and leadership development framework, uh, you know, in a lot of the lessons to just kind of say, this isn't Jason's idea of what it is. This is actually what the Coast Guard says 
you know, you should be, you should have as a leader. So I'm grateful for your entire team, Captain Hawes and all the folks that, that, that work together to, to put that, to update those. I think they're, they're amazing and, and everybody should go check out the, the new leadership competencies. Speaking of Chiefs Academy and LAMS, you know, sometimes I get people that say, hey, uh, I found this, uh, you know, I found this, this DOD E5 course and, you know, going to be able to put like three or four of my people through there. Can I get that to count for lambs? What, what, what's the Coast Guard's kind of take on, you know, how do we decide which courses we're going to let count for lambs and, and which not? Sure. That's a great question, Master Chief. So it's really important that we make sure we're consistently developing our leaders. And just like you were just talking about the leadership development framework, we want to make sure that we have the same leadership growth uh, for our total workforce. So with that lens, we look at other services courses to make sure they meet our requirements for what we're looking for for our leaders. So we have on our leadership website, on our internet website, we have kind of the approved courses uh, for DOD that have uh, within that same rigor uh, that have meet those requirements uh, okay. for us. Oh, good, good. So uh, I agree with you that you want to be sure that what your E5 is learning is going to help them when they get to the Chiefs Academy and not be something totally foreign to them. So when they get to the Chiefs Academy, they went through, you know, ALP and then they went through a separate leadership course and then they come back and go to the Chiefs Academy mm-hmm. and they have different language. And so I, I agree with you on that. That's good. So. Talk, speaking of lambs, you know, during COVID, we had to kind of adjust the way we delivered lambs. And, you know, I, I know that there's, you know, folks that are trying to get into lambs. And then sometimes we have a lambs class and we have to, like, call around and beg people to apply for lambs. Can you talk to me a little bit about how we apply for leadership schools and what if you have advice for folks or, you know, pitfalls you've seen or things that maybe should be working better, but maybe aren't? Sure. That's a great, great point, Mass Chief. So LAMS has been around for a long time, but we're still surprised that people don't know about local convenings in their area. It's uh, a course that we we send uh, people out to local units. So we have uh, instructors that travel around because we try to export this. So if you are looking at to go, you're an E4 or you're an E5 and you know you're advancing uh, soon, uh, look at your schedule ahead, work with your supervisor, work with your unit training officer. Uh, six to eight weeks out, you should be looking at it, that and beyond to see what convenings are in the area or look at your schedule. Uh, some units have, they coordinate training to see what's uh, available to apply for those convenings uh, to get on the schedule and submit that ETR to get in those uh, convenings. Awesome. So what I'm hearing you say is don't count on somebody tapping you on the shoulder saying, hey, here's your lambs request. You need to get after that. If you know you have a leadership class, a leadership school requirement, uh, you, you take it upon yourself to put in for it, to find those classes. I agree with you 100%. And I, I talk to Senior Chief Chris Wilson about the Chiefs Academy all the time. So be sure, please, if you know that you need a leadership school for advancement, don't wait around. Put that ETR in, get with your supervisor, get that in and make sure that you're requesting those schools so that you give yourself maximum flexibility to get there. I know that I've worked with uh, with PPC and PSC a lot, and we are very reluctant to grant waivers to leadership schools because somebody just didn't get around to it or somebody, their operational schedule didn't allow for it. Make sure that you're, you know, right away putting in for that. Can you put in for LAMS as an E4 if you 
want you, to. You can masturbate. And that's part of advocating for yourself is, you know, advocate for yourself. That teaches you to advocate for your subordinates when you grow up through the organization. That's so right. start early. Good advice. Good advice. So for all of you out there that, that need lambs, please start putting in for it. Find the schools, you know, it's uh, and, and if you're a supervisor of somebody that you think might need lambs, make sure that they're putting in for it. encourage them, help them put those ETRs in. So I'm going to shift gears on you a little bit because we talked a little bit about the IDP earlier and about the leadership competencies, you know, help inform the IDPs. You know, the new IDP has been done for a little while, but not a long time. Can you talk to us a little bit about the, the updates to the IDP and who should be doing it and kind of how we can maybe reinforce the importance of doing the IDP? Sure. So the new IDP, we published this uh, last December for the new form. We streamlined it. It's meant to be very conversational. And the LDC uh, did a lot of great work uh, and helped us with a lot of focus groups on this. So it's now only two pages. So those of you uh, who are listening who did the old form, uh, clocking in at a whopping uh, dozen and a half pages <laughs> should be pretty happy to have only two pages. And it's meant to capture kind of that whole person. It's also a total workforce form as well. So used by officers, uh, enlisted and civilians. So it captures um, everything. There's a lot of optional sections there, but from everything from your financial well-being to your personal development to your professional development. So really it kind of walks you through. What's great is as a supervisor, um, you can kind of work and get that whole person aspect. So um, as you're reporting to your new unit, um, the good news is it's it's required for you for your, your first timer at a new unit. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get that exposure whether you like it or not as, as good Coasties reporting in. But it's also a good thing because it's going to require you to sit down and have that conversation with your supervisor. And so you can advocate for who you are as a person and who you are as an emerging leader in the service. And your supervisor is going to get a good um, good feel for who you are and what your needs are as an up and coming leader in the yeah, service. I, I tell you, it's a, it's a, it's a great communication tool. And I'll tell you for, for me, I, I was, uh, I did not have much of a plan until I got to about E6. I, I just kind of lived, you know, paycheck to, you know, paycheck to paycheck, month to month, you know, and I wasn't able to plan very well. And I've, learn that planning, if you can sit down and write out your goals and kind of write out the steps that you need to do to achieve your goals, you can get where you want to get to much faster and you'll be a lot more successful. Uh, it took me a while to, to learn that lesson. I wish I would have learned it sooner. Uh, but I, I, that's when I talk to young folks and they say, Master Chief, what can I do to you know achieve my goals of, of being a, a Master Chief or a Chief Warrant Officer or going to OCS? You know, how, how, what can I do? I always tell them, hey, plan, 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 write out your goals, write out what it takes to achieve them, and then share those goals with your supervisor so that they can help you achieve them. Absolutely critically important. And I'm, I'm thankful that we turned the IDP into something that was, uh, you know, not so onerous and, and something that more people would want to use. So great job on that. So last thing. <laughs> But probably the neatest thing and something that I emphasize at every all hands, I'm, a, I'm mentoring two people right now. Uh, I have uh, registered and uh, I'm not doing a terrific job of it, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm trying. I'm, I'm mentoring a civilian and I'm mentoring an HS2. Wow, so, that's great. Uh, so I'm, 
excited about it. It's, mm -hmm. it's probably probably the best hour I spend of, of, of the day during the week is just talking to them. But we've always had a mentoring program in the Coast Guard. It just didn't have a lot behind it. It wasn't resourced well. It didn't, mm -hmm. didn't you know, you had to go hunt for it. And it was just something that if you personally wanted or sought a mentor, there was a, the Coast Guard could help you do that. But now, now we've, we're really getting after mentoring. And when we talk about the retention of the future, I'll say that mentoring could be the most important thing we do to keep our people in the Coast Guard because there was, there's a lot of mystery behind a lot of the processes of the Coast Guard, the assignments, the advancements, the promotions, the, you know, screening for special assignments, all that kind of stuff. And having somebody that you can ask those questions of and learn from is, is just incredibly important. It takes a lot of the anxiety out of life and it helps your families too. Uh, because your family, your families kind of look to you like, hey, well, how do you do this? Well, I don't really know. And you don't want to admit to not really knowing. So this is just a home run. I, I think it's one of the most important thing. And I'm not just, this isn't hyperbole. I'm not, I'm not, I, I truly believe this, that when we get this program up and running, it's going to be huge. The chief SIMSAF, Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, uh, Chief Bass, she uh, has asked me about this a couple times. And I think the Air Force is looking at this too. It's a it's an incredible program. So I'm gonna kind of turn it over to you, Master Chief, to to kind of talk about, and then I'll I'll follow on with some questions as I see it. Yeah, Master Chief, I uh, definitely am excited about the program as well. You know, this is game changer for the organization, and uh, realistically, we're changing culture here. And uh, this this program is it's not just a mentoring program, it's also a networking program. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you touch base briefly on how, how it also helps families out. I got a few examples uh, later. I, I could uh, share some of those with you because I'm, I'm really excited running this program every day. I get to hear the, the stories of uh, the end result uh, from uh, this mentoring program. And so, yeah, uh, you know, in the past we had uh, several mentoring programs and obviously, um, you know, they weren't built uh, for sustainability, and uh, they weren't embed into our culture, and uh, so that's where we uh, decided. You know, we we have the executive level support, we have it funded, we have it staffed. We have to now make sure that we fully embrace mentoring. So we uh, we decided to start at the foundation. So we kind of uh, went after each accessing source in the in the Coast Guard. So on the uh, enlisted side, obviously. We have it introduced at Cape May, uh, where recruits uh, can find out about the program through a uh, flyer in their recruit packet. Um, it's also discussed during recruit training um, on the civilian uh, workforce side. Uh, civilian HR has a uh, slide deck now and brings awareness to our newest civilian employees. On the uh, commission officer side, uh, the Coast Guard Academy, uh, they actually have this same software, a separate program, but similar software. And uh, what's exciting for the Coast Guard is uh, we're the only service that has our service uh, mentoring programs connected to the academy and um, the service program where uh, in, uh, at uh, graduation, the cadets, their profiles are merged over into the big Coast Guard mentoring program. Nice. So, yeah, we're uh, kind of leading the way. I, I can't remember a time in, in the organization where we actually led the way on anything for any other service and uh and we're admired um but uh yeah absolutely you brought up the air force i helped them out uh, a few months back and uh, they uh, built a, a pilot program to test that out for the air force and since then uh every single service has reached out 
Uh, every uh, entity inside of DHS um, has reached out. So um, it's really exciting to have a cutting edge, innovative program app enabled in the palm of our, all of our uh, members' hands. And, uh, you know, I think that historically that was a challenge with the Coast Guard because we have small units dispersed all throughout the, the country. And uh, historically, we had these um, geographic barriers to people finding mentors besides what, what you know, whoever was at their local unit. And um, now this platform's kind of removed that where you can uh, connect with anyone anywhere in the world uh, in the Coast Guard because it uh, obviously it works on the workstation. You can find us on the Pixel dashboard, uh, but also you can use it on your cell phone. And um, exciting news, just last week we got the app uh, authorized. So you can actually go onto the App Store, download the Cronus app, put in your Coast Guard uh, email address and your password. And uh, it's it's kind of uh, exciting having that because it'll send the push notifications right to your cell. So if your mentor sends you a message or provides you a resource, it'll come right to your cell phone. I think the other exciting part on this program, more touches based on the networking capability, is the uh, community's marketplace. So, you know, currently we have 153 communities built out um, we have all of the enlisted ratings. Uh, some of the enlisted ratings have multiple communities in there. We have all the officer specialties, all of the affinity groups, civilian workforce communities, and reservist communities. And uh, what's nice is that's where you have this peer-led collaborative space where people can share advice, share resources, create discussions. And ex it's exciting for me to see that. Um, especially, you know, now people are starting to learn how to use the platform. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, Facebook started someplace and people didn't know exactly what it was. I, I think it went from MySpace to Facebook or one of those, you know, a long time ago. And people didn't really know how to use that platform. But, uh, you know, people are starting to learn how to use this. And, and this morning, I, just before coming up here, we have 1,450 members. Uh, I'm sure you could remember not that long ago, we had Seaman uh, Brianne Johnson yeah. out there at a SKA school. She was our thousandth enrollee. Right. Um, and we were excited about that because that was kind of our annual benchmark um, looking at DHS's mentoring program and the other services. You know, our annual goes a thousand, but this has really taken off and you know, I'm excited about it. I, I am too, I tell you. And, and I want to thank you personally as we're sitting here and, and for the audience. Uh, Master Chief Bomer was on the Personnel Readiness Task Force leading a lot of incredibly important uh, personnel initiatives, trying to trying to make sure that the Coast Guard's ready to meet mission now and into the future. And he's continued now, he, he's still a Master Chief Petty Officer in the, in, the, in the Coast Guard Reserve component, but he's also a civilian leading this uh, this effort with the mentoring program. And Carl, I wanna thank you very much. Your, your, your dedication to your shipmates is, is incredible. So thank you. Thanks so, uh, much, so basically I'm mentoring a civilian and a, and a, and a, and a corpsman. And then I, I, I could find that you could quickly get overwhelmed with mentoring. So what, 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 how does it break it down for me a little bit? Like, okay, I wanna, I wanna put myself out there to be a mentor. How do I make sure that I don't get too busy? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, in the platform, we have uh, four different formats of mentoring. Essentially, we have a long-term one-on-one mentoring, a short-term one-on-one mentoring, the community's marketplace, which is kind of a networking collaborative area. And then we have a reverse mentoring format called Fresh Perspectives, which uh, I actually use you as one of the uh, photos on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we wanted to make sure that we maintained the satisfaction 
and health of the program, especially on that one-to-one -one connection, because to really be an effective mentor, it takes time and a lot of effort. Uh, so we uh, kind of implemented some controls in the program. So once, like yourself, once you have two mentees in the program, you actually don't populate anymore. Um, so anyone enrolling in the program, they wouldn't even see you as, a, as an option. And then once you do win those uh, connections, you'll then uh, obviously uh, show available. The, uh, the short-term one-to-one mentoring, which is called uh, flash mentoring, we didn't put a cap on that because those are quick one-time connections where you uh, have a certain topical request uh, for mentoring and uh, usually it's a one-time engagement, you know. So we didn't put a cap on that. But uh, realistically, there's so many options, you know, ha having, you know, 700 plus mentors in the system. The system uses sophisticated matching algorithms. So as you enroll, it's actually starting to connect you and show you your best options, who you might best connect with. And it's an enterprise-wide system. You, may, you might show that you have a civilian you best connect with. You might show a reservist, you know, commissioned officer. It, it just depends on how you answer those questions. But there's a series of filters um, that'll allow you to narrow that down more. So specifically on what you're looking at, if you're looking at, if you want to look inside of your specialty, inside your rating, um, certain qualifications, and uh, of course you could also utilize the the keyword, which is the kind of the game changer for the organization. But that'll help you narrow down exactly who you would like um, as your mentor uh, or mentee. Uh, because you can connect both ways, actually. I tell you, it's it's. I've found this to be really, really neat. And where as I travel around and talk about it, people are really enjoying the, the being able to find a mentor and somebody they can talk to, to ask questions of. So, I'm I, uh, I I'm confident that this will continue to grow. I encourage everybody listening that it, it you know check out the mentoring program. So where do they need to go? So I, so that, so I'm. I've listened to this on my way into work. I get into work. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to check this out. What do I What do I need to do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so there's uh, the Pixels dashboard, which everyone's familiar with. On there's uh, on the links tab. There's actually a second page. If you click that, you can go down and uh, see our logo there on the links. Uh, you could go directly to coastguard.coronus.com. Can you spell Cronus for yep. me? It's a uh, C H R O N U S. Okay, Cronus. And uh, obviously, Cronus is uh, who we are contracted with um, as our vendor to run the mentoring program. So do I spell that out? Coast Guard, C-O-A-S-T-G-U-A-R-D? Yes. Cronus.com? Yep. Okay. Yep. Coastguard.cronus.com. And uh, that'll take you to the logon page. Uh, also, our flyers are pretty much everywhere. So you can hit one of our QR codes. Uh, it'll take you uh, directly to the page. And of course, you could always send us an email to our uh, email inbox, which is mentoring program at uscg.mil. That's easy. Uh, and uh, yeah, so a, a few exciting things that have transpired from this recently. So uh, I love hearing to that, that email, I get a lot of anecdotal stories of uh, the impact that this is bringing the organization. So we had a, a E5 that works at CGRC and uh, uh, she was interested in possibly looking into going the CGIS route. Sure. And um, didn't, didn't have a lot of background uh, experience or knowledge or know where to go and how to start that. Uh, so she utilized the platform, uh, the one-to-one -one mentoring, and I was able to connect with a lieutenant commander. Um, lieutenant commander ha has some background with uh, working with CGIS, and uh, he was able to get her started in the right direction, provided, you know, uh, he's uh, and they're still actually in the one-to-one -one, um, uh, mentoring program right now. 
And uh, what's interesting, though, while they were in that, you know, development stage of getting her applied for CGIS, um, her husband, who's a civilian, graduated with a bachelor's in aviation engineering. And uh, it came up in discussion during one of the mentoring sessions. And uh, so uh, Lieutenant Commander actually has an aviation background as well and uh, said, hey, there's a naval air station, Patuxent River is not too far from you. Did you have your husband apply there? Um, so he actually provided the networking to have him apply. And her husband actually got a job nice. at the Naval Air Station now. So that's what was funny when you talked about how, how it also impacts families. You know, and, and I think there's a huge resiliency piece to this uh, because where, you know, you might want to reach out and connect with someone, you know, outside of uh, where you work and uh, be able to get some information. You know, that's that's a big part of that, knowing there's someone out there in the palm of your hand that you can reach out to connect with and uh, help you grow uh, professionally, personally. It's it's outstanding. I, I wish I would have. I was fortunate. I uh, at the E5 level, I had a. I work for a master chief who who mentor who started mentoring me. Before that, I didn't have much, and and I'll tell you, yeah, I, I, it's I'm lucky to be here right now uh, because I I didn't have a lot of great mentoring, and and then once I finally found that somebody, I, it took somebody else to help me to achieve the goals that I wanted to achieve and kind of coach me and tell me the things that I needed to hear, not that I wanted to hear. That was that was critical to my success. And I think you're providing a formal avenue for this. And I'm uh, so thankful to the entire 128 leadership team uh, for, for for promoting this, staffing it, resourcing it, and making it, you know, as popular as it is right now and being as, as, as enthusiastic about it. I mean, it's one thing just to have it, but mm -hmm. to be an enthusiastic champion like you guys are. Thank you. Well, that's great going on the road shows. We've met so many people. And um, honestly, it's a, there's a lot of excitement from the fleet. And realistically, it's it's run by all of you that are listening, um, the mentors, mentees, the community leads, community members. You know, you, you have made this program what it is. And uh, I just ask you to keep up the uh, excitement and energy, keep uh, spreading the word. I challenge everyone to bring awareness uh, to their shipmates and uh, get everyone enrolled. Well, that, you're doing a fantastic job. So, Captain, I tell you, you got a great team. You, you have... Probably, the, in my opinion, the most important mission that we have, which is developing leaders of the future. The le leadership is absolutely going to be critical to our retention and to keeping the Coast Guard uh, strong and vibrant and able to meet the missions of the future. And we are we're growing as a service. And, you know, it's just a, it's just an incredible time to be in the Coast Guard. I uh, I can't thank you enough for your your dedication to your shipmates and and all the the entire Coast Guard uh, workforce for developing you know the leadership programs. Now it's not just it's not just for active duty. It's not just reserve. We have civilian leadership. You know the auxiliarists get involved a lot too. Any uh, any any closing thoughts or anything that you want to share with everybody as we as we look to the future of Coast Guard leadership. Master Chief, it's it's a, a real pleasure to serve. Uh, we have an outstanding team. Um, it's done. We really work across uh, really the whole organization. It's not just Office of Leadership. It's, we work in conjunction with LDC, Institute for Leadership, really to bring apart like these uh, incredible solutions to really advance this. Uh, it's, a, it's a work in progress, like we are as leaders, that we continually develop, we're continually evolving our programs to, to bring better support for our workforce. So uh, for all the leaders out there who are listening, uh, please continue to develop it leaders, advocate for yourself, 
uh, continue to uh, just do better and uh, work for your subordinates, work for yourself and continue to grow. That's awesome. I want to put in a, a, a plug for the entire leadership team of the Coast Guard, the CG128, the Office of Leadership, but also the Leadership Development Center, Forcecom, everybody that's involved in, in, in the leadership continuum of the Coast Guard. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We have the strongest leadership of any service, my, my opinion, and we have the highest retention of any service because of that strong leadership. And I want to thank the entire you know, leadership development team in the Coast Guard for, for all their hard work. If you want a very rewarding job, if you want something where you love coming to work every day and you feel like you make a difference, find a special assignment teaching leadership in the, at the Leadership Development Center's uh, uh, facilities at the Chiefs Academy, LAMS, you know, Academy Company Chiefs, all those jobs, they are just super rewarding and you get exposed to all the different ratings. You get exposed to the a lot of uh, Coast Guard senior leaders and, and, the, and Coast Guard strategy. So uh, thank you, Captain, for being the, the kind of the point person for uh, leadership for the Coast Guard. And uh, I look forward to great things in the future and, and expanding our leadership training and opportunities. Thanks so much, Master Chief. Thank you. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Master Chief. Thanks. Take care. You too.